This is Red Web. ciphers. Oh, yeah, because they, yeah, they knew everyone was catching on. Yeah, someone noticed that they were caught. And so then, of course, Reddit's like, all right, simple enough. Let's get to work on deciphering this. 
boom encrypted again. Oh. And so this kind of became like a back and forth. Oh, what a challenge. But then the website took the ultimate reply and went offline. Yeah. The website has been offline ever since. And so these screenshots that I'm reading from are about 11 years old at this point. So the website's taken down, and this is essentially the end of the road. The case goes cold at this point, or that's what we think. website appeared on the internet. Greeting visitors with nothing but a simple login page, it was soon discovered the website hit terabytes of data. This made people even more curious and they did everything they could to try to get past the login page. But before anything concrete could be determined, the site was shut down. Thanksgiving in 1971, 
A man using the name Dan Cooper hijacked a Boeing 727 and extorted $200,000 before donning a parachute and jumping off the plane into the night, never to be seen again. It was arguably the most extensive and intensive search and recovery operation in U.S. history. The man was never found. I mean, like, yeah, how do you find that guy, right? It's like a needle in a haystack. With such abnormal flight conditions, with it being dark and rainy and cloudy, flying low and slow, being pursued by military aircraft or not, it's going to be very difficult to recognize a man flying out in the middle of the air, right? 10.15, a couple hours later, the plane lands in Reno Airport, and the authorities swarm the airplane, only to find that Cooper was no longer on board. evidence showed up in 1980. Eight-year-old Brian Ingram found three packets of cash along the riverbank of Tina Bar. There were two packets of $120 bills and then one third packet of 90. Which is interesting to me. I'm, I'm kind of thinking like, did this little boy take some for himself? You know, it's a finder's fees. You know how many uh, Asbro Transformer toys you could grab off of that? You'd be all set, dude. I always wonder like, why? Like, how did they come up with these numbers, you know what I mean? 10,000, what, $20 unmarked bills? How do you know that's what, how you want it? You it's the mean? weirdest piece of detail, I have to agree. But also, when dealing with someone who hijacks a plane under threat of, you know, cylinders and wires. And that's the question, though. Did he get away? actually gotten calls back 
Some of them have gotten text messages back, but most of those posts and most of those screenshots, a lot of the evidence has since been deleted. And two Reddit users in particular, they were the most active in investigating, trying to contact these people and figuring out what was going on. But suddenly, almost as if overnight, both of them disappeared. No! They deleted all of their posts, all of their images, all of their video calls and video proof. All of them disappeared and their Reddit accounts were also deleted. As you were saying, that was like worst thing possible, they disappeared. Wait, so do we know what their dreams were? Typically, what was responded to those individuals was, I'm sorry, my responses are limited. You must ask the right questions. Which is very intriguing. One individual asked a slurry of questions all in a row, just trying to say which of these is the right question. And another individual literally just asked, well, what is the right question? Both of these individuals got a text response back at some point after that, saying that is the right question. strange dream talk too, often featuring, quote, the man in blue flames, or the boy in orange, or the old man in purple, or a long green hallway. These are the, the common factors that this individual has talked about, and people on the subreddit have actually been discussing this. They, they've been saying they've had similar dreams with similar imagery in those dreams, and they're trying to connect, meaning they're, they're sharing these stories with other individuals. So a lot of people have actually found solace in their strange dreams with other individuals, saying, like, you had dreams about the man in blue flames. Like, I have very odd dreams. And I can actually vouch for that myself. I've had, like, every day I wake up, I feel like I'm waking up from a whole different life. I don't always remember it, but it's very disorienting. I don't know if you're feeling the same way. No, not at all. Honestly. Really? You're not dreaming any different? No, I don't oh. think I'm dreaming anything different. I'm, I'm falling down in the rabbit hole. This episode started off with some big chills for me. Just seemed so tangible. Something that you could just reach out right now if I wanted to. You know, I could hit stop on recording and, and go reach out. You gonna do it? No, hell no. You gonna go grab it? Hell no! I feel like I was an actor man for sure. 
Matrix. Yeah, look at all these characters. It's like the Matrix in here. I'm practical. <laughs> I'm a genius. Puzzle solved. <laughs> There's definitely a path here, and it's leading somewhere. was another strange note. Quote, you've shared too much to this point. We want the best, not the followers. Thus, the first few there will receive the prize. Good luck. It seemed that everyone who made it this far and entered their email address at this final stage had disappeared from the internet. Yeah, I mean, the, the fact that like they never popped up on the internet again.
Thank you for your dedication and effort. Do not despair. There will be more opportunities like this one. Thank you all. Signed, 3301. Suicide, unfortunately, a month prior. 
And it's strange though that the note itself was clean, legible, and everything is crisp and clean, despite that area being in the woods and having plenty of rain recently. And, uh, and the last note I have here is that she was able to find the original writer's friend to kind of verify the handwriting and the individual and that it was in fact real. And so that, that is uh, truly, to her intention for it, quite spooky. TikTok user at MyKenArray. Her intention was death. Now, if, if this is something that you want to look up, her video and her experience, I offer a word of caution, viewer discretion, and all of that because it definitely is a bit of a more morbid result. But uh, as I saw it, she is recounting this story having already lived it. She is talking to the camera, she's in tears, but she's making a TikTok of her experience. I don't think she filmed her experience, or at least didn't post it, which I think is a good thing. Um, but having recounted what happened, she put in her intention as death, and it took her to a part of town where she found an individual who was lying injured in the curb area of the street and was being looked after by the individual's wife. She got out to help the individual, she talked to the wife, she called 911 and uh, spoke to the police to, to sort out what was going on, but we don't know if this individual did in fact pass away or if they were just injured and were taken care of. Definitely made my heart sink and definitely put a very dark image over this app, you know, when I started to uh, look into this a little closer. What are, what are the chances that she puts that in and then walks over right when, you know, at the right place at the right time? TikTok user, um, Henry, UGH Henry, their intention was travel. Oh, thank God. Something a little lighter. Oh, okay, okay. It led them and their friends to a beach in West Seattle. And they're going down a pier, and once they get to the pier, they see kind of like a bunch of rocks down towards the waterline. And uh, they look over the railing, and they see that there's a black suitcase tucked down in the rocks. So they go, okay, well, we're randonauts. They decide that they're going to open this suitcase, and when they do, you just see a bunch of black trash bags inside, clearly filled with something, but heavily packed inside. And uh, the text on the screen indicates that there is some sort of heavy, heavy smell. They call the police immediately because this is absolutely something you should do. They are smart. <laughs> it immediately cuts to the ambulance being there, to the cops being there and everything. But it turns out there were the remains of individuals in that suitcase. What? how many uh, mundane stories we're not hearing. And that's why in the previous story I wanted to highlight the fact that yes, she had a very sketchy encounter. However, she did talk about the fact that she's done this many times before and it was all uneventful. So you don't see all the times that nothing comes of this. The Randonautica team, a spokesperson reached out and said that, quote, our first reaction was to reach out to the teenagers to make sure that they were doing okay. We sent a message letting them know that the intention of Randonautica is not to find something disturbing like this, and that it was, quote, a very unfortunate coincidence.
we have a man by the name of Robert G. Jung, and he was an American physicist. He believed that micro-psychokinesis uh, allowed people to influence these events, that there is some ability that we aren't fully aware of or haven't fully unlocked, perhaps. We know by the double slit experiment that simply observing photons affects their patterns. They can act like a particle and they can act like a wave. Looking at light can adjust how it reacts and how it acts in reality. That's always blown my mind. Right. Like everyone think positively. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that's too much power. Uh, you know, we're gonna have to do this though, right? Nah. We're, we're gonna do this. I gotta right? stay home. I gotta stay home. <laughs> Social distance. died under mysterious circumstances in the mountains of Russia. They had torn open their tents and fled from the safety of their campsite in the dead of night. Theories about their cause of death ranged from government cover-ups to alien encounters. The Dyatlov Pass Incident. Give it to me. 23-year-old Igor Dyatlov formed a hiking group of eight others for a skiing expedition across the northern Ural Mountains in Sverdlovsk Oblast. All of the members of this group were skilled hikers with ski tour experience. The goal of this expedition was to reach the mountain Gora Utorten. A tenth person was added to the group named Semyon Zolotaryov, who was previously supposed to go with another expedition. One member of the group, Yuri Yudin, turned back because of a knee and joint pain that he was experiencing. So this was the moment where the group of ten became nine, and this moment actually saved his life, and he's subsequently lived to about 2013. So yeah, people were aware that this was happening, they were being very safe about it, but this is the last time that the remaining hikers were seen alive. That is scary.
more bodies were found between the woods and the tent. One more body was found between the woods and the tent as well. Referring to these bodies further up the slope, all three of them were found in poses suggesting that they were trying to return to their tent. Now you might be asking yourself, okay, well that accounts for five of the nine tankers. Well, it wasn't for another two full months that the other bodies were found. The last four bodies were found in a ravine. Three of these four bodies had fatal uh, injuries though. One of them had major skull damage and the other two had major chest fractures. And according to medical professionals, the force necessary to cause these types of injuries is equatable to that of a car crash. What? There were no external wounds on the bodies, as if they were injured by some sort of high level of pressure. The fourth of the bodies was found missing their tongue and part of their lips. What? And I want to leave this here. The last bizarre detail were that two sweaters and a pair of pants found on the bodies in the ravine tested positive for signs of radioactivity. What? What? What even is this story, Trevor? sightings of strange creatures, crop circles, and UFOs. It's been locked away from the public. Skinwalker Ranch. gigantic, a gargantuan ship the size of several football fields. And then there's also a very common one, which were airborne lights and flying orbs, things that uh, were of various colors, like orange and blue seem to be the most common one. And, uh, and in fact, the Sherman family even reported seeing a large orange orb in the sky that seemed to act like a portal or a doorway as other smaller objects seemed to appear or fly out of it. This brings me to an incident that I wanted to get into, very specific to the Sherman family. The incident that actually caused them to leave the ranch after two years. They saw flashing lights, and eventually they saw a small blue orb, or maybe multiple orbs, approaching them. Their dogs seemed to get very aggressive and started to bark and growl at these objects. And Terry, the, the father, actually let his dogs loose 
the dogs then went after the orb, started jumping at it and barking at it, trying to bite at it. And the orb just seemed to float backwards and away, leading the dogs eventually into the woods. Upon losing sight of the dogs, there was a loud yelping, almost screaming noise coming from the dogs. And the next day, when he went out to go find his dogs and went to the area that he lost sight of them, he finally did find them. But, you know, he found three mounds of burnt flesh and hair and tar. And well, that was the, the remains of his dogs. even reported seven of their cows missing during their short stint at the farm, or at least in this area. And three of them were found dead and mutilated. One cow was found with a hole in the center of its left eyeball. No other sign of injury, nor any trace of blood, but it did have a strange chemical-like odor. The second cow was found with the same hole in its left eye, as well as a six-inch wide, one-inch deep hole carved out of its retina. Same chemical smell lingered, but what? Weird. Yeah. <laughs> They're doing uh one test. The last of these three cows was found dead a mere five minutes after having been seen alive. It had a six-inch wide, 18-inch hole carved out of its rectum, and there was no blood found on the cow or the nearby snow. And the same chemical smell lingered in the area. Around the cow was a circle of twigs and that the tops of the nearby trees seemingly appeared to have been cut in some way. They followed the hoof prints of one cow through the snow-covered field. The prints stopped near some tree at the edge of that field. The area where the prints disappeared was circled by broken twigs and branches again, and above tops of the trees seem to be cut off, just like that final cow that we found before. Who's out here messing with these damn cows? Leave these cows alone. <laughs> They're getting got real bad out here. From this moment on, it is official private property with no access to the public. No more trespassing, no more stories, no more research. It's all locked down to this particular person and whatever it is that they want to do. So instead, they now do their own private investigations on the land with high-tech equipment, including a uh, personal command center. Excessive. <laughs> a little it's bit. Just, it just sounds like, oh man, it sounds like so much. Anonymous, and they 
claimed to have time traveled from the year 2036. They further claimed that time travel was successfully invented after researchers at CERN were able to create the world's first successfully contained singularity engine. They also claimed to have met a past version of themselves multiple times, even taking a younger version of themselves on, quote, a few rides. This anonymous person then continues on to say it was impossible to travel past the year 2564 with this to say, quote, please pray that we discover the reason why there is no apparent future after 2564. November 2nd, 2000, someone by the username timetravel underscore zero begins posting on the Time Travel Institute forums. Yeah, that, I, that was gonna be my question. What do you, what do you mean the Time Travel Institute forums? <laughs> you, you what does that even mean? The TTI, yeah. You know. What does that even mean? The user claimed they were, quote, on their way home from the year 1975, where they were tasked with retrieving an IBM 5100 computer. They also posted a few vague descriptions of their time machine and had this to say. My time machine is a stationary mass temporal displacement unit manufactured by GE. The unit is powered by two top spin dual positive singularities that produce a standard offset Tipler sinusoid. They're saying that they are contained black holes or contained singularities. Essentially, we know that black holes can mess with the space time. They can bend light and in that way it's theorized that they can bend time. Toss in flux capacitor. You know what I mean? Yeah, back yeah. to the future terms. The device was installed, this time machine device, was installed in the back of a 1967 Chevrolet Corvette. Okay. Within this device, there are Two magnetic housing units for dual microsingularities. There's an electron injection manifold to alter mass and gravity microsingularities. There's a cooling and x-ray venting system. There are gravity sensors. There are four main cesium clocks. And finally, there are three main computer units. Yeah, sure. I don't know what the hell that <laughs> means. It's just like, sounds, sounds fancy. Wow. Ooh. Gravity shifter. Cesium uh, clocks. Oh, right? my goodness. Wow. Okay, Cl a clutch. Wow. I've heard about those in cars. Oh, this is a manual. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, you can't take what he says and build your own time machine with it. Well, I don't know, man, because let me give you this now. Just to build off of that, he shared scans of a manual for a, quote, C204 time displacement unit, complete with diagrams and schematics, as well as some photographs of the machine installed in the car. John himself here, quote, the grandfather paradox is impossible. In fact, all paradox is impossible. The Everett Wheeler Graham or multiple world theory is correct. All possible quantum states, events, possibilities, and outcomes are real, eventual, and occurring. The chances of everything happening someplace at some time in the superverse is 100%. End quote. Going back in time, if you were to off your grandfather, you wouldn't exist. But in this case, he's saying you could go back in, in time. Everything up to the time that you went back to will be identical to your timeline at that point. However, everything after that is brand new. We need a baby kid's version for me with words like time and travel.
existed for decades. But what exactly are they hiding? A decommissioned military base in New York swirls with stories about time travel, mind control, and portals to other dimensions. The Montauk Project. Why don't we go into the Philadelphia experiment, start laying the groundwork, get that leg work going. Let's do it, let's do it. Carlos Miguel Allende. Allende claimed to have been present for a World War II experiment in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. The purpose of that experiment was supposedly to try and cloak allied ships. When people out there go, pray to blue aliens, I go, I mean, come on, the chances that there's no other, like, life form out there in the universe. So I think, come on, it's got to be pretty slow. And I kind of feel that same way with certain pieces of knowledge very tech. I feel like even if it's not actually functional, tests of the experiment began with the ship, the USS Eldridge. Reportedly, they faced limited success, with one resulting in the Eldridge turning almost completely invisible, being replaced by a greenish fog. Some crew members that were on this ship supposedly were stricken with severe nausea, while others were supposedly embedded into the structure of the ship itself after the ship reappeared. And after that test, the experiment was scaled down to instead test for the ability to cloak only on the radar. On October of that year, a few months later, of 1943, the experiment was done again, and some say after failure to properly recalibrate the equipment. And so the Eldridge turned completely invisible in a flash of blue light and teleported to Norfolk, Virginia, over 200 miles away. What? Nah, nah, nah. Some sailors were found to have contracted mysterious illnesses, some went insane, and some were again found embedded or fused with parts of the ship. Two of the sailors even disappeared from a nearby bar at the same time. Some claim that the remainder of the ship's crew, people that were injured or ill or in some way disposed of, were brainwashed to forget that the experiment had happened. So now enter the Montauk Project. In 1988, after watching a movie based on the Philadelphia Experiment, a man by the name of Al Bielek began to attempt to resurface lost memories detailing his own involvement in the project. Essentially, he watched this film and was struck with a very strong sense of deja vu. But with that deja vu comes something tangible. Maybe you get blasted in the face with a bunch of memories. You have a memory of like a certain location, then you go to a certain location, and there's something there, right? Like something tangible that goes, hey, this is real. These memories are real. I would lose my mind. I mean, like, what if you were to walk up and you're like, I remember this door entrance, and this was the key code. And exactly. You're like, hold on a second. Beep, boop, boop, boop. And then it just opened up. I'm like, okay, this is too real. Get me out of here. That's when you go, no. You turn around. <laughs> You walk away, but then you go, hold on a second. The camera zooms in on you. You're like, I gotta go in. Hello?
1932, a 20-month-year-old child was abducted from their home in Hopewell Township, New Jersey. What's more is that the parents were home as well as the butler and nurse. This story quickly became a national event as courts called this the trial of the century, the Lindbergh kidnapping. March 1st, 1932, Charles Augustus Lindbergh, son of famed aviator Charles Lindbergh and his wife, Anne Morrow Lindbergh, was kidnapped from his nursery on the second floor of the Lindbergh home. This kidnapping was discovered by the Lindbergh's nurse, Betty Gow, who checked the room after realizing that the child was not with his mother. She alerted the Lindberghs, who immediately went to the nursery to find a ransom note had been placed in an envelope on the windowsill. Sir, have $50,000 ready, $25,000 in $20 bills, $15,000 in $10 bills, and $10,000 in $5 bills. After two to four days, we will inform you where to deliver the money. We warn you from making anything public or notifying the police. The child is in good care. Indications for all letters are signature and three holes. End quote. Now, if I was a parent... Uh, all of this is absolutely terrifying. All of this is just... I can't even... Found. Unreal, right? Yeah, you can't add it. You can't put it to words. Of course, authorities were immediately called to the Lindbergh house, and they investigated the property with his butler, where they discovered traces of mud inside the nursery. Footprints and two sections of a ladder as well as a baby's blanket, were also found underneath the nursery window outside. It's also interesting and, I think, important to note at this point that there were no fingerprints found at the scene, either inside or outside. They've raised the ransom to 70000 So now they're pushing, you know, up towards where the reward money lands. And at this point... Yeah, and at this point, in addition to the official investigation, Lindbergh hired private investigators through his attorney, Henry Breckenridge. On March 8th, another individual came forward, Dr. John F. Condon, in an attempt to help the investigation, sent a message to the Bronx Home News, offering to act as an intermediary and to pay his own $1,000 ransom. Uh, I'm not exactly sure why he was paying the money. Maybe that was to basically solidify his role as an intermediary between the Lindberghs and kidnapping individuals or party. Eventually, Conan found instructions for a meetup. Conan would meet with the unidentified person named within the note as John, and they would meet up at the Woodlawn Cemetery which is how this individual got their nickname moving forward, Cemetery John. Condon went to the cemetery and was accompanied by an armed bodyguard en route to the meetup, but was told that he must do the actual meetup alone. According to Condon, Cemetery John was a Scandinavian soldier who was part of a group of three men and two women.
During this conversation, Cemetery John indicated that the baby was being held hostage on a nearby boat and was unharmed on a boat named Nellie near Martha's Vineyard in Massachusetts. Lindbergh himself, the father, led the search and found that the boat didn't even exist. sent friend requests from a mysterious woman claiming to look for her sister. For those who accepted, they soon found themselves embroiled in a story involving terrorist organizations, cults, and a secret war between factions. The story of Junko Junsui. listening you just accept all these wild friend requests and these follows because you're chasing that clout but it seems like we're gonna figure out what clout will get you you just sit down accept tom as your one and only myspace friend i freaked out i was like who the hell who's this man who's this tom who, who is this who is tom this? why does he know everyone <laughs> i didn't know that he was like you know, owner of myspace june 17th 2009 Multiple people from across the world received Facebook friend requests from a woman named Junko Jensui. When looking at her profile pictures, it showed her as an attractive young blonde woman. And in addition to the friend request, some people received private messages from her. That is me. It is me. One message said this, quote, We do not know one another. Not yet. I feel people's ability to share and communicate. It is my effort to allocate my labor towards such people. I have talent that is empathy. Please forgive me for being so general. There are reasons. I am in some danger if I do not obscure all articulations or if I reveal too quickly. Justice is systematic and quickly here. Please be my friend. More revealing will take place soon. Blessed be Junko. Hell no. Hell no. Is that what you say back? Hell no. I don't even say anything back. I don't, I don't say anything. You got your privacy settings set to maximum yeah, security. You're not getting you. I lock everything down. actually responded to her asking why she chose them specifically, she claimed to have built an algorithm that found people through Google, which is very strange. Again, remember throughout this whole story, the mindset of that 2009, that early 2000s internet, because that is raising some red flags. She elaborated to say that she was not allowed to leave her home and that she was looking for help in finding her sister. Now we flash forward about two months into August of 2009. A woman by the name of Dine Setney began posting on the Unfiction forums privately and privately messaging members, attacking them for investigating Junko and pretending to be her friend. She referred to Junko as her sister, but she also claimed to be searching for her missing sister. So at this point in time, it's not really clear, but what's more is she even called out members of this community by name. I managed to find one of these messages, and it went as follows. Quote, Alex, I see who you are. I see no reason why you watch my sister. Your lies to speak in earnest and report back on her. You will not be like our benefactors, keeping us always from birth under a watchful eye. Now you offer friendship, but keep a dossier? This is not acceptable. And, uh, and so when somebody steps forward, uses your real name, and drags
drags your personal self into the game and takes the ARG to the DMs of such a website, that's where people start to go, okay, hold on a second. Yeah. Is this, this, this has to be real, then. That's, that's the scary stuff where you're just like, you're going back and forth with somebody, and all of a sudden, you know what I mean, like during those times, they drop some type of like personal information. with their names, not their online handles. So at this point in time, users began advising each other to use new screen names, make new profiles, and a lot of people ultimately just quit. They stopped investigating whatever was going on here and just left. On August 12th, Junko posted a link to an ad from a biotech company called Nibonshin Aisei, which translates to Japan New Health. Now this video claimed that Junsui was the future of humanity. There was a woman in the video who appeared to be Junko herself, and Junsui, or the quote, sisterhood of the pure, are an evolved form of women with three X chromosomes instead of two. It says as follows. For countless millennia, humans have evolved unconsciously, spreading out to populate the world. For the first time ever, we may glimpse our long genetic inheritance. And from it, we may plot the path by which we wish to continue. Junko is the first child of her type to ever be born. She and the other Junsui are the children of all mankind. Through the new technology of genetic target augmentation, Junko has been gifted with only the most optimal human alleles the best of all we have ever been and therefore represent the best way of coping with the uncertain future. I mean, like, that's red flag number 50 at this point. Right. Get the You're hell out of there. Forest of red flags. Yeah. At the conclusion of the video, there seemed to be some sort of glitch at the end before it then showed this message. Quote, this is not the end. This is how it begins. We are ready to sacrifice ourselves to light the world. If your body is your enemy's property, then you can strike back at your enemy through your body. You can turn your body into a match to burn down your enemy's house. You are the pure light of destruction. This is how it begins. You are ready to sacrifice yourself. Your body is a matchstick, ready to catch fire. This is not the end.